Blog Talk Radio. As uh, trends and behaviors in society and, and business evolve, uh, naturally so do the laws concerning uh, those trends. Uh, clearly, one area that's, that really has just seen significant change in recent years has been, uh, I guess what I'd term personal transportation, uh, with the extraordinary growth in, in rideshare services such as uh, Uber and Lyft. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And, well, today that's what we're going to focus on a little bit and talk about some of the uh, aspects, legal aspects associated with uh, rideshare services. I'll be joined by Lavelle Law Attorney Joe Vito, and we'll uh, kind of dig into that a little bit and, and get some information for both consumers and operators. So, uh, hey, Joe, nice to talk to you again. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. Oh, thanks uh, for having me, Tim. Um, yeah, this can be fun. You know, so much going on. We're we're so used to using these services now, but I don't know. We kind of stop and and uh, think about some of the aspects of them from the business side. As you as you see them uh, and look at it from a perspective of a, a personal injury attorney, are you starting to see some new legal issues arise around these types of services? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, there's there's always the stuff that you see, kind of the. The, the big marquee stories where, where drivers, uh, you know, commit serious criminal conduct, uh, we see a lot of that um, in terms of the assaults and the batteries committed. But in my world of personal injury, what happens a lot more often that doesn't make the news are your car accidents, uh, whether it's a fender bender or even something more serious, that won't make the nightly news. We in personal injury have just seen a huge uptick uh, in this as people get into this what they call gig economy and keep driving more and more for companies like Uber and Lyft. And just uh, kind of as an aside here before we dig into some of the details, I, I don't really understand yet. Uh, obviously, you know, in, in most municipalities, taxi services are very highly regulated and there's a process to be able to drive a taxi or a limo. What, what about these services? Are they regulated today at the state or municipal level in some way? They are, depending on the state. Illinois is fairly still liberal with them in terms of what they allow to do versus what, what a taxi does and what a taxi has to do to get a medallion. Pretty much anyone can drive for Uber and Lyft and even now pick up at the airports with it. Um, I suspect as these, if they stay as prevalent as they are and, and basically kind of uh, weed the taxis almost out of, out of the industry, I, I'm assuming there's going to be more and more regulation coming down on on Uber drivers in Illinois um, and Lyft drivers as, as we move forward. Well, let's let's start to talk about that personal injury aspect, and, and we'll talk about uh, traffic accidents of a varying degree today. Um, so, if if uh, someone is a a driver for one of these services and, and they're um, involved in an accident, uh, first of all, are there different types of uh, uh, insurance or coverage they have to have to be out there, and are there different things they would do um, if they are involved in an accident as a rideshare driver? Well, yes. As a rideshare driver, uh, when you agree to, to drive with Uber, you agree to have uh, your own insurance uh, on the vehicle. However, um, when the app is engaged, uh, when you have the app on, the Uber's insurance will or Lyft's insurance will take over. And so there's basically three stages for a driver, three different types of insurance, stages of insurance that a driver will have. Obviously, if the app is off and the person's driving their car, it'd be no different than, you know, you or I driving our car uh, to work or to the grocery store. And our own insurance would apply. 
The second uh, level is if you just have the app on and no one has engaged you to pick you up on a ride. So if you're just roaming, waiting mm -hmm. for someone uh, to engage you in the app and then to pick up a ride, um, what they call you know waiting for a, a ride request, um, the driver will have in Illinois fifty thousand dollars in uh, bodily injury uh, coverage to a third party uh, and twenty five thousand dollars in property damage to a third party. And then the third and then final, which is the obviously the most um, encompassing and biggest pot of insurance uh, out there is when, the uh, driver is either en route to pick up a passenger, has a passenger in the car, or is dropping off a passenger. In those situations when there's uh, someone's either engaged the app or there's an actual passenger in the car getting picked up or dropped off, there's a million dollars of coverage uh, in third-party third liability coverage and also a million dollars of uninsured, underinsured coverage to the driver and to the passengers uh, that may be in the car. So there's those three different tiers. Um, all of which could apply depending on the situation, or any of which, I should so, say, could apply depending on the situation. And, and so if I'm hearing you correct, and maybe I'm assuming here there's another step to it, but it sounds as if as a driver you are responsible for, for coverage. So if someone is in an accident, uh, a non-rideshare driver is involved in an accident with the rideshare driver, the company, Uber, Lyft, they don't have any responsibility. It all sits on the driver? Well, that's not true. It, 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 they, they would have responsibility, but they're providing the insurance, so it really okay. is, is, it doesn't matter. So, if, you know, if Mark Johnson's driving for Uber and rear-ends uh, another person causing the accident, that other person can sue uh, Mark Johnson or Mark Smith, whatever name I gave there, I already forgot, um, <laughs> and Uber together. But there's only going to be that one pot of insurance available. If there's a person in the car or they're going to get a person, it'll be a million-dollar pot. If the app is on um, but no person's engaged, it'll be a $50,000 pot. And if the app is off altogether, it would be whatever regular insurance Mr. Johnson would have. So uh, as a uh, regular driver uh, who is, as you said, rear-ended by, by Mr. Johnson driving for, for a rideshare service, you're usually in an accident, you want to get uh, uh, insurance information, maybe a police report. Uh, if you're involved in an accident with one of these drivers, is there anything different as just a civilian driver that we should do in those circumstances? Well, certainly, I mean, one thing to, to kind of look out for, and it's, and it's easy to say when you're not in the heat of just being rear-ended, is see if they have an Uber or Lyft, you know, placard somewhere on the car. Just be cognizant of that because that, that's going to mean that, you know, Uber or Lyft, coverage might apply. Um, obviously take down the information. Um, I would ask uh, if, if you're in the position to and you're not injured uh, you know, to a severe degree where you couldn't, if the, if the person was engaged uh, on the app or had the app on, if you see that placard in the window, um, and that could you know, at least help you as you start getting calls from claims adjusters from Uber and Lyft and from other companies. Um, letting them know that their their driver, their employee or independent contractor is claiming that the app was engaged or that, you know, even they may have had a passenger in the backseat you can you can see and talk to and, and confirm all of that. But other than that, then just a regular kind of post-accident um, conduct uh, it should be um, 
well, you should just basically take any precautions you would after any other accident, which is get the medical care you need immediately. And, uh, of course, as personal injury lawyers, we, we advise all of our clients to talk to us as soon as possible so they don't jeopardize their case. Um, speaking of personal injury attorneys, we're with Joe Vito today of uh, LaBelle Law, and uh, he is a very busy and accomplished personal injury attorney uh, who uh, has been involved in this area for a number of years, and he's joined us in the past. You can download some of those previous conversations along with some videos and articles featuring Joe uh, if you visit LaBelleLaw.com, a uh, number of uh, great resources on the site. And uh, today we're talking about some of the new considerations for uh, attorneys in dealing with rideshare services. And I, I want to go back to something you mentioned a minute ago, Joe, which was if you're a passenger in one of these. So let's, uh, again, use that situation where the rideshare driver perhaps causes an accident. They rear-end someone or bump into someone. You're a passenger in that in that rideshare vehicle. You're not injured, no harm to you. Are you obligated in some way to, to be a witness now if there's a lawsuit from the driver who was hit? Are you sort of uh, automatically involved in that? Uh, you could be. Uh, if, if you did if you did observe the accident and that, that other driver um, who was rear-ended sues your Uber driver and, and Uber or your Lyft driver and Lyft, um, if you'll probably be on the police report as a witness and you may receive a subpoena later on down the road uh, to give testimony. If an insurance company calls you to get your statement and you're uncomfortable doing it, you don't have to. Um, but, you know, the reality is since you're really have no culpability as a passenger in a car, um, you know, I, I wouldn't advise not cooperating. There's really no benefit to it. Uh, you may help the other driver out. Uh, you may help all the parties out resolve uh, the dispute. If there's if there's a dispute and you're an independent witness that actually saw what happened and can pro provide the truth um, as to the facts of the case. But, yes, you could be dragged in later on as a witness via subpoena if the case doesn't resolve and that driver uh, eventually files a suit. And um, I'm, I'm sure there's different aspects. You've seen, you said you've seen so many of these cases start to evolve. And here in Illinois, there's uh, some recent laws which, you know, absolutely prohibit the use of any handheld device in a vehicle, even if you're, you know, at a stoplight and whether or not that's being enforced. But um, certainly my experience with these ride shares is they're always looking for the next ride. They've got things happening, and they are frequently looking at uh, their phones for information or routes or anything else. Um, is that one thing that maybe you're starting to see or, or there's a, a focus on is that uh, just by the nature of what they're doing, they tend to have those devices accessible to them much more than maybe a regular driver would? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a big part of it. Um, there's also a lot of a lot of Uber drivers who will rent cars um, and may not, you know, care so much about the safety uh, of others on the roadway that someone would if they were in their own car. Uh, we've seen a lot of that because of that, that type of gig economy. People who don't have cars can still make that differential up by renting a car and then driving for Uber and, and taking the difference uh, between the rental cost and, and uh, what they earn for Uber. And we've seen a lot of accidents with those type of drivers just because they, they seem to be a little bit more risky. Um, and, you know, I don't have any concrete scientific evidence of it, but I'm just kind of surmising it's because they're not in their own vehicle and, uh, you know, they, they may not even be familiar with the car that they're operating, um, which can also be a cause of accidents if they're meddling around uh, looking for, you know, the heat or for the windshield wipers or for whatever. Um, so we've, we've mm -hmm. seen a lot of that. And, Jim, one, one thing I wanted to touch on that, that I've kind of seen 
and two cases which which you wouldn't think of is if you're waiting for an Uber or a Lyft driver, if they have that app engaged, and even if you're not in the car, you are still going to be entitled to the $1 million uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage if you get hit by another vehicle or the Uber vehicle while waiting to get picked up. So if you're waiting on, on the side of a street uh, for an Uber and another car comes in and you know jumps the curb or something like that, and believe it or not, we've, I've seen it twice now, uh, you, even though you haven't even stepped foot in that Uber yet, are entitled to the $1 million policy of the Uber vehicle uh, under its uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. Just kind of a quirky little thing there, but um, yeah. believe it or not, I've seen it twice already. We've, we just got a minute or two left, and, and when we've talked about personal injury in the past, uh, you've talked about your experience in dealing with uh, insurance companies, having worked for them in the past, and uh, the things that they will do to always try and fight against some of these claims. Uh, are they are they kind of uh, you know getting themselves set for battles in this regard? Are you seeing a lot of behavior from insurance companies to protect themselves? Uh, of course, there's a lot of fights between the insurance companies. Uh, for Uber and the insurance company for the driver. So when they have their own policy on the car and they're driving for Uber, there's potentially two policies that could come into play, the driver's regular policy and the Uber policy. And it's pretty clear, um, you know, if, if they have that app on, that the Uber policy is going to take precedence. But I've, I've had a couple fights with Uber already where they've tried to um, you know, kind of roll it off on the lesser insurance company with the lower policy limits, uh, and I've challenged them a couple times on it, and they've, they've backed down pretty quickly. But I'm seeing it more and more where they're trying to, you know, at least steer us away from uh, their coverage and into what's normally a harder pot uh, to get recovery from, which is the, the, the driver's personal policy without the big name of Uber behind it or Lyft. Well, uh, fascinating discussion today with uh, Attorney Joe Vito of Lavelle Law. Joe, thanks for being here. I always appreciate the insight. And uh, uh, as this develops, I'm sure it's something we may come back and take a look at. Uh, again, let me send you over to LavelleLaw.com to get more information about uh, Joe, his practice, and uh, some of the things he's shared with us in the past in previous podcasts and videos and articles. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll look forward to an upcoming discussion. Thanks to Joe Vito, and thanks to all of you for being here. <laughs>